I, like many people, have been conditioned to live and function almost exclusively from that mind space. And I think this plant medicine journey over the past few years has, especially like ayahuasca is such heart medicine, right? Um, It's really started to train me in a different way and to break some of those neural pathways, literally the neural pathways and... um, Just like, let me know that, hey, it's safe. It is safe to listen to your gut and your intuition, even if it doesn't really make sense. And I'm just like forever grateful to plant medicine for giving me that gift of teaching me to listen to a higher intelligence than my own mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Psychedelics Podcast where our intention is to bring heart and intuition to the foreground of psychedelics. I'm your host, Lana. And I'm your host, Zoe. Together, we are going to be taking a journey each week, introducing you to some of the greatest minds in plant medicine and psychedelics. Sure to ignite awarenesses and rememberings of divine ancient wisdom as we integrate psychedelics into modern life. So, let's journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Psychedelics Podcast, where we are bringing heart and intuition to the foreground of psychedelics. Today, we are kicking off season two with a solo episode with Zoe and myself. So we give you some life updates in this episode and just talk about some lessons we've been moving through and what we're up to both professionally and personally. Don't worry, there's lots of juicy uh, plant medicine and psychedelic stories in there for you. So we're so excited to share our updated vision for this space with you as well. While we were off since July 2021, we've been working really hard behind the scenes to give the brand a facelift. If you haven't noticed yet, we have a whole new look and feel on Instagram and we've also updated our website. We have a set of values that we worked on as well to really focus on what type of stories and wisdom we want to share in this space as the psychedelic space is growing we really feel that we have something unique and different to share and our brand values really reflect that i personally worked on this rebrand and i think it's the perfect expression of what we're all about here at modern psychedelics it's really that balance of futuristic celestial wisdom balanced out by the earth's natural beauty so we hope that you love the look and the vision as much as we do we have some absolutely incredible guests topics and themes planned for this season and we're more than excited to share them with you so sit back relax and enjoy this episode with zoe and myself Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Modern Psychedelics podcast. We are so excited to be popping in today, setting a powerful energetic precedent for the season ahead. We've got some incredible guests. We are well underway in the recording and editing process, so we're popping in to say hello, give you a little update before we dive right into season two. So, Lana, what have you been up to since we last recorded? 
So, well, first of all, just to mirror what Zoe said, welcome back. We're just so excited and we've been going into the season so intentionally. There's been so much going on behind the scenes to just make sure that we we really enter the season season two with the highest of intention and in a way to serve both you and and um, our guests. So we're so excited about that. Um, so we ended season two in July. It's March now. So that's that's around nine months, I believe. Yeah, that's exactly nine months. Crazy. So the amount of time it takes to birth a child. <laughs> um, I have been on a coaching journey myself. So I have signed up for IPAC and it actually started, the program started in July, just as we were wrapping up. So IPEC is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And oh my gosh, it's been such a beautiful journey of growth and transformation and just learning how to be a space holder for for others. And Zoe, you went through this program as well years ago and played such a big role in my decision to attend the school. And I have to say it was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. Like I have a master's in economics and I feel like this program has prepared me so much more than that to to be a type of professional in life. So that has been beautiful and I'm just finishing up getting certified next month and I'm starting to create a little bit of a career transition for myself and move into coaching and podcasting and doing what I love. So that feels really good. And then another update for me is that I am back in Ontario. So the last episode or one of the last episodes Zoe and I did, I was going off to British Columbia and I was really excited and I spent six months there and near the end, I really started to question if it was the place for me. And what actually happened was I did go to, I was traveling back and forth between Ontario and BC to go to do ayahuasca ceremonies with the community here. And in October, I went to a ceremony and I don't know about you guys, but when I am trying to make a decision, that's really hard for me. It just eats away at me and causes me so much turmoil, inner turmoil to not know what to do. And that's what was happening with me around this decision of whether to go back to Ontario where I was starting to feel my heart pulling me back to or whether to stay in British Columbia. I rented an empty apartment. I furnished it. I created my dream home and in many ways, I felt like I owed it to myself to spend at least a year in this new city in Vancouver to really give it a proper shot. However, when I went to my ayahuasca ceremonies, what I saw was a vision of Vancouver under a lot of stress. So the vision was all of these cars on the highway. And all of the cars were, it was like bumper to bumper traffic. Everyone was trying to leave Vancouver, but no one could. Something crazy was going on and it just created this feeling of not being safe. And that really made me start questioning things. This was before October. This was in the summer. And um, 
I just had this feeling that, you know, potentially I wasn't safe in the city. And for months and months, I was just turning it over in my head. And basically what happened in October in the ceremony was this overwhelming feeling and sense that I had to be back home with my family. I kept like seeing roots in the ground and it was like, you need to be close to your roots. You need to plant your roots roots down. And the message I got was, you know, not very pleasant, but it was like, things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And you need to be with your roots during that time. So even after I saw that, I told myself like, no, no, I still owe it to myself. I was very much like coming out of that headspace, right? Like I was just like, no, like I owe it to myself. Like I furnished the apartment. This is what I should do. I was really like shooting myself about it. And then it wasn't until the very end of the ceremony that I was speaking with one of the shamans and, you know, just sharing with her. And during that conversation, it just became very clear that it was time to listen to the heart and the gut. So I made that decision and I flew back to Vancouver. And within two weeks, I had found a friend to sublet my apartment. She bought all of my furniture. She's actually living there right now. And that was just something really effortless and easy, which was just a sign that I was doing the right thing for myself. And I packed my car back up. I drove back across the country and now I'm back. And I got such a confirmation that this was the right decision because my mom actually got a pretty serious diagnosis recently. And, um, before I could even process it, I was like, oh, okay, yes, yes, this is why, this is why. So I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And I'm I'm honestly so happy to be back here. Um, and, you know, there was even just to kind of circle it back to that vision that I have of the cars on the highway that actually was true. Um, a few months after I left Vancouver, there was all of these mudslides and Vancouver was actually blocked off from the rest of Canada and people actually couldn't leave. So that was just another little confirmation. And I think the story just shows like when you get the message from plant medicine and you have that intuitive feeling and that gut feeling, like it's so important to listen to it, even if it doesn't really make sense. So I'll pause here and see if Zoe has anything to to add at this point. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Lana. It's so important what you said about trusting your intuition and also just trusting what you see and experience in ceremony, right? That divine guidance. And um, in reflection to what you said as well, I actually decided to leave Rome, um, Rome, which was my dream place to live, which I lived for about three years. Um, And then I went to do ayahuasca and Madre told me that uh, it was time for me to move back to Toronto. And it was so interesting because I went back to Rome after that and I felt completely detached in a way that I'd never felt detached before. And it was intuitively there that it was time to leave for me. But uh, the plant medicine also just gave me another level of permission for myself to make that move. So yeah, I love how you highlighted that, Lana. And also just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We never know perhaps why our intuition may be guiding us in a certain direction and our ego and our mind can get so busy at thinking about excuses or trying to talk us out of decisions that the intuition might be pulling us for. But 
you know, as you said, certain things that have happened, like with your mother, it has been so important for you to be there. And you could have never predicted something like this. I mean, unless you were really tuning into those psychic abilities, but hindsight again is 2020. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so important to share that. Yeah. Yeah. It really, like, that's one of the things I'm really learning lately um, is that importance of like really just tuning into the to the gut and the heart space and the intuition. Um, not to say that the mind doesn't serve a very powerful purpose in life because it absolutely does. But um, I, like many people, have been conditioned to live and function almost exclusively from that mind space. And I think this plant medicine journey over the past few years has, especially like ayahuasca is such heart medicine, right? Um, It's really started to train me in a different way and to break some of those neural pathways, literally the neural pathways and um, just like, let me know that, hey, it's safe. It is safe to listen to your gut and your intuition even if it doesn't really make sense. And I'm just like forever grateful to plant medicine for giving me that gift of teaching me to listen to a higher intelligence than my own mind, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, And then I guess the last little update that I'll give for myself is just um, what I've been moving through in terms of personal and spiritual development. So I have experienced a lot of friendships ending this year, which has been, it's been really hard. I'm not going to lie. But what I'm noticing, especially being on this coaching journey and um, through this particular program, you gain so so much inner knowledge and inner wisdom. And it's a program that really has changed me fundamentally as a person combined with the plant medicine journey. I can honestly say that I am not the same person that I was six months ago or one year ago. So, you know, looking at it from a bird's eye perspective, naturally some friendships will end and fall away when you're no longer in resonance with people who you used to be. Um, and yeah, it's been really hard. Zoe knows cause I've been, I've been chatting with her about it and, um, just kind of growing through it. But what it's really teaching me is to just, instead of, instead of, you know, going to that default victim mode of why is this happening to me? Why do people always leave me? Which I've definitely been in. Do not get me wrong. I've definitely gone there, but I'm really learning to see the higher purpose in that and really trusting that I'm clearing space um, for new souls to come in. And I just turned 31. There's a lot of limiting beliefs around like, well, I'm in my 30s now. Like it's so hard to meet friends. And I'm really just working through reframing those stories and re- rewriting them. Um, For example, you know, perhaps now that I'm in my 30s, this is the time where I will actually meet the most amazing and the most aligned people because I know myself so much better. So yeah, I just wanted to share that little piece about kind of what's going on for me internally. 
yeah, that's exactly it, Lana, because going through something like IPEC, it completely rearranges the self. It's almost like a decluttering of the psyche in different ways. And you dig deep and you really understand who you are. And you've got this incredible new toolbox now for communication and not just communication, but deep, powerful, connected communication with people. And, you know, naturally things do fall away in our life. People, places, jobs, all sorts of different things, they fall away. And it's the it's the attachment to these things that causes the suffering, but there'll be a mm. moment in time in the future where, you know, you'll meet a new friend and you'll just instantly connect in, to this person and they'll be like soul family. Uh, and it will, it will continue to happen as your life goes on. And I mean, for me personally, I feel like I've gone through this so much, um, so many times losing friends that were really close to, or I don't even want to say losing because it just sort of naturally falls away. And I think, as human beings, we need to normalize the falling away of friendships because it's it's a natural process of life, right? It's natural. Like people may have various different romantic relationships in their life. People have various friendships in their life as well. And we are consistently growing and evolving. And sometimes people grow apart and sometimes people grow together. And that's just the way that it is. I've heard a quote once that was something like some friendships are for a season, some friendships are for a reason, and some friendships are for a lifetime. And I feel like I can definitely sense when friendships have been for very specific reasons, especially when that falling out does happen. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't make sense now, Lana, it will in the future. And I mean, we met at a coffee shop so randomly, like <laughs> there's a perfect example of like, you just never know when someone's going to cross your path and you years later, you'll be doing a podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That divine intervention. That's the thing. And like through this, yeah, I'm so grateful that you've been here to like hold this space for me because you've definitely been through it. And I, I did see you going through this even last year, um, your last year in Toronto. Um, and yeah, I'm just so grateful that you've been here for me. And I think at this point, it's just about nurturing the self and focusing on the self while, while you can. I mean, it's a gift to be able to spend so much time and attention on yourself because it's not always going to be like that. So definitely making the best out of that. Exactly. And the universe is always working behind the scenes too. It's lining up future deep connections for you and all different kinds of friendships and soul family. And you haven't even met some of the people that you're going to so deeply love in this life. And I think that that's a really powerful thought to go to when when you might feel a little bit down or a little bit sad about things. And just remember, it's natural that things grow and things fall away. Always come back to nature. That's always a good (laughs) good visual to have. But when those things are falling away and it starts to hurt a little bit, just trust like what you said, Lana, like it's creating space for the new and it's creating space for the deeper. It's creating space for people who are, like I said, going to connect with you instantly, your soul family. They truly come in so fast. Uh, What I can share from my personal journey is that each time that I've gone through a, a different, deeper darker sometimes even place like the dark night of the soul if you will I've always come out and made friends the the right connections these very deep soul family connections 
so effortless and so easy. And you're one of them, Lana. And I'm so, so grateful for that because it just, it just happens. And wherever you're at in your journey, know that it is perfect. Like if you are feeling a little bit alone right now um, or not having those friendships that you're desiring, just know that the universe is orchestrating those divine connections to happen. And it's just going to line up as perfect as it always does. Oh, thanks, Sage Zoe. You really sound, your inner like <laughs> sage wisdom is really coming out and speaking to me and I'm sure so many people listening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so true. And, and you are so worthy of such beautiful connected friendships, Lana. Like, I mean, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you personally and working with you and uh, spending quality time with you and ceremony time with you and your soul is so bright and just know that 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 light is attracting those people to you and you're worthy of of feeling that though from your friendships you know you're worthy of friendships that don't have you consistently questioning yourself in a way that somebody perhaps gave you a backhanded comment or something like that like vibes don't lie and trust yourself yes another message Mm -hmm. I love that thank you thank you and that goes for all for all relationships doesn't it yeah. 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 For I, sure. That intuition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Vibes don't lie. Um, one last thing I'll share before we get to you, which this might be a good segue into <laughs> into your updates, but um, you mentioned the dark night of the soul. How could I forget? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I came back from BC, I, well, first of all, I drove across the country in five days, which for all those non-Canadians out there, like, yeah, driving from Vancouver to Toronto is about a 50-hour journey. So I was driving about 10 hours a day. And, excuse me, and it was really just physically intense because I was on the road for about 12 hours when you factor in, like, lunch and stops and stuff, sleeping, not very much. And then when I got home, I just broke down and collapsed in every way at one point you know after I unpacked and got settled in I was in my bed in my bedroom and I just started crying out of nowhere started crying and like my mom came into my room and was like what's going on like what are you feeling and I just couldn't even explain it and then as that passed and I I got to kind of process it a little bit more, I noticed there was this pit in my stomach of just feeling so absolutely disgusted by myself. And the more I kind of sat with that and got to understand what it was is that, oh my gosh, it was, it was this discomfort of everyone and everything that I have made myself to be that I truly am not at my core And it was the discomfort of the posturing that resulted from feeling the need to present myself in a certain way, feeling the need to be a certain way, maybe like, I don't know, to use certain words or to just project myself as this image of myself. So this just threw me into a dark night of the soul, which I honestly kind of feel like I'm still in, but it's been a period of like, I took a month off of social media because it just made me sick to my stomach, literally to be on it. Um, And I've just been like 
moving through like these next level layers of shedding who I am, shedding belief systems. Like I find myself completely in the 4D lately where I don't know the way that I would describe the 4D is that like in between space between the 3D and the 5D where the veil is lifting, the illusions are becoming apparent. You're really seeing the illusions of the world. And this has been a part of my dark night of the soul. And I think, again, bird's eye perspective of what's going on for me spiritually, I think, is that, you know, I'm kind of just being remolded and reshaped into this next version of myself. And yeah, the dark night of the soul has been uh, so uncomfortable. And it is within the space that a lot of these friendships have fallen away. But even with my mom's diagnosis now, like that has given me such a change in perspective because like the shit that used to matter just doesn't matter anymore. And I'm really learning who I truly am and who I want to be and how I want to show up. And, you know, again, like to bring the coaching back, the coaching is such a huge part of that. And like who Lana is as a coach, um, whether that's in a session with a client or not, um, is just bringing me one step closer to that really authentic, Lana who lives in alignment with her values. So yeah, just a lot of juicy, good, good stuff that's been going on, even though it's been a challenge to move through. So I don't know if that segues maybe into your your dark night of the soul, Zoe, or wherever you want to take it from here. But I just thought I should add that because I know that plant medicine journeys can really propel us into these dark places for anyone out there listening. Just know that like where you're at is completely normal and where you're meant to be. And it's all guiding you to the next version of yourself, the version more aligned with your true self. Yes, exactly. And if I can offer any bit of advice for the dark night of the soul or even the Saturn return, because I feel like that's also something that <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been facing. That's a with. fun one. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in it for a little while longer. Uh, but what I found was that with the both the dark night and the Saturn return, or whatever you know context you might be putting it in, is that it got a lot easier for me when I stopped resisting it. When I moved into this place of acceptance of okay, I'm experiencing a lot of emotional turmoil right now. And I don't know how long this is going to be, but I know that I've got me. I'm not going to give up on me. And there's one big truth that came out of my dark night of the soul, uh, which was no one's coming to save you. Like this, these darker times are really showing us how powerful we are because we are spending time with ourselves. We are healing and regulating our nervous systems. We are purging emotions. We are showing ourselves deep unconditional love to hold space for the transformation. And it doesn't feel good, right? It it feels uncomfortable when you're in that space. But what's on the other side of that is always so magical. And there's so many up levels. Like, Just trust that like Rolana said, wherever you are is perfect. And on the other side of that, just already start planting seeds for yourself. Like one thing I always come back to is that whatever emotion I might be feeling, uh, a, a, a deeper sort of story or emotion that I was feeling through my dark night of the soul was that I was unlovable. And I always brought myself back to, okay, so if I'm feeling so deeply unlovable, 
for this chapter of my life than what's coming in the future. And of course, the opposite to that would be I would feel so incredibly loved and and I have in ways. And I see such a different version of myself on the other side of the darkness always. We're, we're always phoenixes rising from the ashes. Uh, doesn't mean being in the ashes is comfortable, but we can always remember that. We're going to be a phoenix rising very soon. We're going to be a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> it just takes some time. Mm, yes, that fire medicine is a constant theme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I guess as we're uh, talking about fire medicine, I can oh, segue yes. into Cambo. <laughs> yeah. So Zoe, you made a huge move <laughs> across the world since we last spoke. So tell us everything that you've been up to. I'm sure everyone is really excited to hear. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Lana, but I can't believe that I've been in Bali for almost a year now, which crazy. is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I've been in Bali now for 10 months and I I know that I've shared a little bit with you guys but I followed my intuition here. I had never been to this side of the world before. I decided to make this move but Bali started presenting herself in some beautiful synchronicities and in the dream space and when my intuition and my heart is calling for something I just do it. I just do it and I I know that magic always comes. So yeah, Bali has been such a beautiful gift in my life and I'm so happy and grateful to be here and I can't believe it's been 10 months. So for those of you who haven't been to Bali, just a little uh, insight into it or if you're feeling drawn to Bali, this might be something to explore. But the island of Bali is actually an energy vortex and it's also the location of the Earth's kundalini energy. And this is because it's formed by two two large ley lines which intersect both the feminine and masculine. It's the only place on earth that that uh, this happens. And so Bali itself is like a cleansing vortex. It's actually believed to be the cleansing and rejuvenating place for the earth's, for the earth's blood or the earth's energy that flows through it and circulates. So it's a very, very powerful and potent place and also so magical. I feel like I have changed, evolved so much in Bali and this is has put me on such an incredible momentum because I look back and I think about two months uh, prior to perhaps this moment right now and I'm like, wow, that was a different, that was such a different Zoe versus how I might have related to myself in Canada or even in Rome, just the trajectory of growth and deepening of the spiritual journey and trusting myself and strengthening and sharpening my intuition and my psychic abilities, everything has just come so quickly in Bali. Uh, Not necessarily easy, but definitely this is my favorite work. (laughs) This is is, uh, just... I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, just the place to be if you are deeply interested in 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 bettering yourself and deepening the spiritual path with uh, an access to all different types of modalities. And this is the place in which I met Cambo for the first time in spirit. Of course, not yet have I been to the jungle, but that's on my 
vision board. <laughs> There's a few photos of Cambo on my vision board, literally. <laughs> That's on the back of my computer right now. But uh, so I got drawn to Cambo and we're going to have a full episode coming up shortly for you guys. It's everything you are curious about Cambo, everything you need to know about Cambo. So we're going to dive in, but I'll just give you a little briefing here is that I was called to the frog because I had a severe ringworm outbreak on my legs. Moving to Bali, I set the intention for embodiment and I have most certainly (laughs) for the first time in my life faced uh, like physical ailments or things manifesting on the skin. And one of these was a ringworm outbreak, which is a fungal infection of the skin. And I felt very helpless. It started triggering a lot of emotions. It's deeply related to the mother wound. If you're looking at the metaphysical anatomy of any fungal infections, especially on the legs or the feet. And so, yeah, I decided to sit with Cambo in Ubud and immediately I, I experienced such a powerful connection to the frog. I I did a video on my first ceremony on my YouTube channel, but Lana and I will also be diving deep into this uh, soon. But after that, I kept going back to Cambo and after three sessions, my ringworm was completely healed and I also healed deep, deep aspects of my my relationship to my mother and my relationship to myself and around taking care of myself and specifically mothering myself. So it's been a beautiful gateway for me into deep transformation. And uh, in August, I went through Cambo practitioner training through the International Association of Cambo Practitioners, the IAKP. And this was such an incredible time in my life. I went through this training in Ubud with Esther. I learned so much about myself. I went to depths in myself that I had never been to before with the medicine, uh, with any medicine. And I released and healed so much. And since then, I've been serving Cambo in Changu. That's where I live now. When I Last time we were recording, I was still living in Ubud. Bali, but I've moved to Changu, which is closer to the beach, and I'm serving Cambo here now. So if any of you feel the cult of the frog, I would be so happy to have you. Cannot wait to serve you, Lana, when you come visit me. <laughs> Cannot wait to introduce you to Cambo. <laughs> Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, it's been such a beautiful part of the journey, holding space in this way and being in ceremony. Because one thing that was really difficult for me leaving Canada was that I felt like the last ayahuasca ceremony that you and I were a part of, Lana, ayahuasca said goodbye to me. And I was so sad. I feel like I had to grieve the the loss of her for a while. And not to say I'll never do it again, but I'm I'm presently not called to ayahuasca and I hope one day because I would love to experience her again but what I realized in that grieving process was yes it was sad to say goodbye to the ceremony aspect of things but deeper than that was that ayahuasca was the first place in which I actually felt like divine motherly love like I'd never actually had experienced motherly love in my life uh, because of my relationship with my mother. And so it was like this thing that I never knew that I was missing. 
and then to experience, I'm getting like emotionally talking about it, but I, I just, I never knew what it was like to have a, a loving mother presence. And so I feel like the, my journeys with ayahuasca was, were always so deeply loving. And uh, I know we've talked about it before. I, I Hindsight again is 2020. And I used to get a little bit confused because I didn't experience a lot of purging in ayahuasca. My journeys were generally quite gentle and quite loving, but I, I see now how much mother ayahuasca is really filling this deep void that I had in myself of not actually having a mother who loved me or who was emotionally available to me. And ayahuasca, I feel like each time I drank ayahuasca, she was filling this place in me that that didn't even know I was missing something and also brought in lots of beautiful lessons. Mm, that's so beautiful, Zoe. Thanks for sharing. And you know, it, if I can offer you a reflection, it kind of, mm-hmm. it makes sense that she said goodbye to you if it was like a, this motherly energy because you had done so much work and she was kind of like releasing you out into the world, releasing you out into Bali, releasing you into your new life and telling you like, it's okay. You've got this. You can do this on your own. Like I have held you in my love. I have showed you my love and now you can kind of go off on your own and do this. You're you're you know, you're strong and brave and she sent you off to Bali and then you met Cambo and it just makes sense to me in my mind that it all happened in that way. Yeah, thanks for that reflection, Lan. I really appreciate that and I do feel like she had to say goodbye to me so that I could also find Cambo because Mm. I feel like I was a little bit resistant to Cambo uh, or was indefinitely resistant to it until I sort of felt slightly desperate about this ringworm infection. And it was like everyone who I crossed paths with in Bali and and was talking to them about this. And it's quite common in Bali. Like it's actually carried by – um, animals. And so I was, when I first got to Bali, I didn't really understand the Bali dog situation. So I was just like petting all these dogs. And then before I know it, I've got ringworm on my leg. So, um, yeah, everyone was recommending go see Esther. She's this amazing Kemba practitioner in Ubud. And, and I was so resistant. And then all of a sudden the frogs started to present themselves like frogs everywhere. Frogs in my bedroom, frogs in my bathroom, frogs just like leaping across my path. They were just everywhere. It was unavoidable. And I was like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll experience it once. I'm going to ask all the questions I need to ask, do the research. And Esther was just so – it's just – she deeply cared about the frog and I saw the reverence that she held. So that allowed me to drop my initial guard that was like, I don't want to use anything that comes from an animal or anything that comes from a living being because I, I saw how much she loves frogs and she loves Cambo. So I just felt this inner knowing that observing her, the way that she spoke about the frog, seeing like photos and just what she was sharing online, I just knew that she held such beautiful reverence. And I feel like that's why I was drawn to uh, – to be introduced to Cambo by her (laughs) and then later be trained by her. And so, yeah, I've been on this beautiful journey with Cambo. And uh, like I said, Len and I will dive very much uh, into that in an upcoming episode. But other than that, I've really been 
focusing on this intention of embodiment and regulating my nervous system through yoga, through going to the gym more regularly, working with a personal trainer. I've healed my scoliosis, which is literally a miracle that I received in my life. Um, I was told by multiple practitioners, chiropractors, doctors throughout my life that my spine would never be straight, that it was unfixable and that I was deformed. And I've been working with an incredible osteopath here and my spine is straight and I feel so incredible. I feel such a difference. I feel so strong now, this inner strength and this this outer strength because I'm gaining lots of muscles. <laughs> and I just feel like, yeah, this new level of self-worth, I would say, is big. And I've also been surfing and still coaching. Um, also uh, certified, like Lana said, through IPEC and still – something that I highly recommend to so many people, whether you want to be a coach or not, this course gives you the tools to just master life on earth as a human being. <laughs> and yeah, that's a great way to people. put it. That's a really great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want to learn how to master the matrix in ways, uh, I pack. And then also, of course, I, I have to drop in uh, quantum physics as well. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like some things in IPEC are very much in relation to understanding quantum quantum reality. And it's a very, it is a very, yeah, it's a very like quantum and quite spiritual course because it's all based in energy really and the energy yeah. that our emotions carry. So yeah, really cool. So Zoe, thanks so much for sharing all of that with us. What has been so cool to witness. And I keep repeating this, but like Zoe that I knew in Toronto was like, if you were to describe her as an element, it's like not even air. She was like ether, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you were just like, um, I don't mean this word in a bad way, but you were just like ungrounded in the sense that you were constantly living in like the spiritual realms. And it's something that I always really looked up to for you. Cause I was like, wow, like man, she's so connected. And of course you still have that connection. Um, and it sounds like it's actually even stronger, but it's been so cool to see how you have really, really committed yourself to the physical embodiment and also how that has had kind of the opposite effect that I would think of like making you more connected to to the earth and thus less connected to like the celestial or spiritual realms, but it sounds like it's actually had the opposite effect. Is that right? Yeah. It's actually like, if you imagine, I think I can relate a lot of this back to straightening my spine, right? So I imagine the curvature and I've looked into the metaphysical anatomy. The curvature is not feeling supported by source or by God in different ways or not being supported by creator. And through strengthening my spine, I've really noticed how actually connected now I feel in different ways to, uh, as above, so below, to both of these different governing and powerful energies that is Mother Earth and that is the sky, Father Sky, and also all the star family and galactic energy. So I feel like with the straightening of my spine and of course with Cambo and, and the embodiment practices is that I've just created this beautiful connection or this pillar of light that is rooted into the earth and that is 
stretching further into into the sky, into the stars, into the magic that is the love above. And it's been a beautiful experience. And I, I have Bali so much to thank for all of this, for holding the space, for just being this magical place on earth that all of these modalities, all of these healing tools and practitioners are so readily available. It's been such a gift in my life and such a blessing. And I feel like I just want to drop this in here. Any of those of you who are feeling a call to Bali, let this be another one of those breadcrumbs in your trail of synchronicities that lead you here one day because I just know you're going to love it. Anyone who comes here, I feel like has a powerful magical experience and yeah. I hope to see you here one day. <laughs> well, you'll definitely see me. I am definitely feeling the call. Um, I Yeah, it's going to happen. What's interesting is that um, I did that, at, not astro cartography, but the Vedic astrology reading, which I've told Zoe, but I'll share it with you guys. And um, we looked at astro cartography, which shows like all your different planet lines. Um, and it can kind of give you a sense of where on earth is kind of more aligned with your chart to live. And my Venus line, um, which is one of the lines that tells me are places that are kind of better for me to live. It goes right through Indonesia and Bali. So I'm so excited to come visit and just see how different my energy feels while I'm there. Um, yeah, it's it's very very beautiful to see your your journey there unfold and like how crazy that a place can make such a difference for how you feel and live. Like can you ever imagine coming back to North America after your experiences in Bali? To be honest, no. I mean, never say never because my intuition could steer me in a completely different direction and I'll do it. <laughs> like I said, yeah. I just go with the the heart's calling, the intuition's calling, but I don't like I feel like when I think about or if I do put myself into that energy of of leaning into, well, what if I went back? I I feel repulsed for lack mm. of a better word, but my energy just feels like, no, that's not the place for you. <laughs> no, no, no. That no, makes sense no. considering everything that's going on here lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's been so, so inspiring to watch this all unfold for you. And I feel like just a reflection as a friend, like, you always had this, like where you were like in IPEC, we say like level six or seven energy, like high consciousness living, um, kind of like ego transcendence, but you've always had that. But now my observation is that you're just really living in that space a lot more often. And even when you're not, you seem to be able to like snap back to it more quickly, which I know is something that you know, it seems very important for you to live from that space. And it seems like Bali has been so supportive of that for you and just all of the work that um, being in this powerful energetic place has allowed you to to do safely. Yeah. Thanks for that reflection, Lana. I feel like there's so much wisdom in the body and I, I don't think that I, well, I didn't really know how to connect with the body and I didn't really know how to feel safe in the body, all sorts of different things, which I feel like uh, had me live so up in the clouds, if you will, uh, six, level six, seven energy, <laughs> eco transcendence connected sometimes. <laughs> but um, but there, like I said, there's so much wisdom in the body and really tuning into the nervous system and regulating that and having 
an everyday embodiment practice, whatever that might look like to you, if it's like 10 minutes of stretching or yoga or a bit of breath work, like I feel like that's where the magic is. The magic is, is that you wake up in the morning and one of the first things you do is drop into your body because when we are dreaming, we are in other places. Mm -hmm. We are all all learning different things in different dimensions. We're exploring the subconscious mind. So it can be so powerful to just wake up and and focus on that embodiment. And with that embodiment, you allow the safe space for that wisdom that is stored in the body to flow through. You also allow those suppressed emotions to flow through. And then naturally after that, you feel so much lighter. Mm, love that. So what I know this hasn't always been a part of your routine and like your morning ritual, um, this like focus on embodiment, what would you say to people listening who would like to start something like that, a more kind of physical embodied morning routine or maybe evening routine, but have some resistance to it? How did you kind of get yourself over that? Yeah. And oh my gosh, let me tell you, I had so much resistance. First of all, (laughs) if I was doing like what I would do in Toronto when it wasn't lockdown was or even when it was locked down, I had a personal trainer. Uh, but I would go to F45. Like that would be the first thing I'd do, I'd get up and do F45. And so I knew that movement in the morning served me, but I was doing more like, let's say intense. And I was working out to like get the blood pumping, do all that stuff. But there's something very powerful about just intuitively listening to what the body needs in the morning rather than jumping into something forceful. And this is where I've noticed the magic in in the quiet, the magic in the quality time spent with the body. So I started to, first thing I would do when my alarm went off would be like make my bed, brush my teeth, but then I would roll out my yoga mat and I would just listen to my body. I would stand there and just start maybe moving my head, circulating my wrists, circulating my arms, my legs, my hips, and then just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a yoga teacher yet by any means. (laughs) I mean, I think a yoga teacher training is in my future. But what I'm saying is you don't have, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look like anything, but just roll out the mat and just allow yourself the space and time of 10 to 15 minutes before you look at your phone, before you do anything else, and just let your body know that that is a priority. Let yourself know that, okay, I am here again. I woke up again on planet earth. So grateful, so blessed to be here. Let's drop in and see what magic awaits. See what emotions need to be heard or felt and what uh, inspiration might come for the day. Love that. Love that. You make it sound so easy and beautiful. Yes, it is so easy. And that's what I want to highlight is romanticize it. This is this is a luxury to create that free space and time in the morning for just you to indulge in the magic that is your body and you're worth it. It's worth it. It sets a powerful energetic precedent for the day for you to wake up and say, I'm here, I'm grateful, I'm blessed, and I'm dropping into my body and we've got it. We've got it moving forward in the day. This is what it's (laughs) like to be friends with Zoe, everyone listening. She is the biggest cheerleader (laughs) for for herself first and then also for her friends and also for our listeners spreading the sage wisdom. So Zoe, what else, if anything, do you want to share with us about what's been going on for you these last nine months? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like I've talked about a lot of healing, a lot of transformation, things like that. I think I'm still actually in my Saturn return, if we're going to label it with anything. Uh, I was in a dark night of the soul for quite some time. I feel like I 
you know, I carried that with me from Toronto into Bali. Things felt lighter, of course, when I dropped into a new environment and I was in adventure phase. But I also, like I said, got ringworm. I also got into two different accidents. I had stitches. I was in bed for two weeks. I also got Bali belly. I had all these different experiences, one after another after another. They felt like that were quite challenging, but it was in this space and time where I learned how to really take care of myself and mother myself. So it hasn't all been, you know, surfing and water blessings and cambo frogs hopping around. There's no cambo frogs here, but just I meant just frogs in general, <laughs> spreading the message of cambo and uh, the calling. But yeah, I mean, I feel like as I mentioned the work with my spine uh, and not feeling supported by source, I I went through a lot of deep emotional purging around that. And I actually got to the place where I reached out to my mother for the first time in 15 years. And so that was really big for me. That was a part of my healing journey with my spine and me receiving the miracle of my spine being being fixed, I guess you could say, being healed. But um, yeah, my mother didn't have the space or like the capacity for me. And although that was really, really hard at the time and for a couple weeks after, what I realized in that experience of reaching out with love and forgiveness and not being able to be received by her was that it didn't matter what she said and she she didn't have some kind words to say. Um, but I realized that I had me better than I've ever had me. And that has been such a gift that has come out of the dark night of the soul and the, the long Saturn return that I've been in for years now, which is almost over. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> uh, home stretch. But what I realized, like I said, is that I've got me and no one's coming to save you in the dark night of the soul. No one was coming to save me, but I really saved myself. I really held space for myself and I really learned to love myself so deeply. And I feel like it it all makes sense afterwards. It all makes sense. And I think with the level of love that I have and respect that I have for myself now, which includes a deep love and respect for my body that I've never experienced before. I feel like it doesn't really matter what happens to me. I will be okay. And thinking back to the childhood wound that is not having a mother or not having motherly love and like to reach out after 15 years to the one person who perhaps I created the most stories or the most meaning around myself around and to have her sort of reject me again or abuse me again in different ways, I wasn't affected the same way. I didn't make it mean anything anymore. And that I think that says a lot about who I've become as someone who who loves herself and who now sets strong boundaries and is unavailable to be treated than anything less that she deserves. And it's been a long journey, but I feel like I've seen a new reflection of that and facing my worst fear, which in ways was my mother and what she might say to me and not, again, not receiving her love, but knowing that it's made me the person that I am today and I wouldn't change it for a second and I wouldn't change the journey at all because 
I, I know what I've been through and it's been a lot, uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I love me, I guess. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like, and if we're going to keep going with this like metaphor of healing your spine and being able to sit up straight and be straight and feel supported. I mean, what a metaphor for just everything that's been going on for you. Like your body is supporting you. You're supporting you. Like you're upright. And it really sounds like it's been the result of a lot of that inner work. So because you got yourself so much and you love yourself so much and you can hold yourself with so much love um, from the inside, it's like the external the external events like reaching out to mom and maybe not having a very pleasant interaction with her, that that internal strength that you have is so unshakable and you support yourself so much that that is your truth, that is your reality, that inner holding, that inner love. Thanks, Lana. Yeah, and I couldn't have done it without – without powerful connections in my life like you mm-hmm. and like this community and just knowing that each time that we heal it's it's for the collective mm-hmm. it's it's for us yes in ways and it's for our families but it's also for the collective it's for everyone and i know you and i both Lana, like we've we've healed things quite in parallel like you might go through something that i've already been through or i might be struggling with something and then you've got the reflection of what you've been through and that's also what's so powerful about deep soul connection friendships Mm -hmm. is that you kind of sort of seem to be on this parallel journey and you marry each other and you support each other and you infuse each other with strength and just Mm -hmm. the belief that this is you know whatever you might be experiencing that's uncomfortable it's just a blip in the radar it's just Mm -hmm. a moment in time and it will pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's also why we love to share and do this podcast um, because we know the power of just sharing these things with each other. And I think like you and I really came together so divinely because we were having these really beautiful conversations and sharing our experiences with ayahuasca and just our spiritual journey in general. So, I mean, how much sense does it make that now we're having basically the same conversations we would probably be having off the mic, but just sharing it with people and just from the messages that we receive and the feedback, we're so happy to to just open those doors into our lives for everyone to hear, everyone who wants to hear, um, because it, it just feels good to share and connect. Um, and as much as Zoe and I have a soul contract to share this journey together, we also have that with each and every one of you who are listening and resonating with this. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening, for supporting. Um, if if I may just, just drop uh, something is that now uh, in season two, there's now the ability on Spotify now to rate the podcast. We would love it if you could rate Modern Psychedelics for us. If you've made it this far in the podcast, that would mean a lot to us as we embark on to season two. And we love and appreciate all your reviews. And for those of you who might be resonating with Lana or myself, like we mentioned, we are both certified professional life coach through the Institute of Professional Excellence and Coaching, and we are here to serve you. So if you feel a call for a life coach, and life coaches work in 
any different aspect of life. We have incredible tools through IPAC to support you, whether that's in integration, whether that's in relationships, whether that's in friendships, whether it's in connections with the family or in career, we are here to support you and we're here to serve. So know that we're here and you can always reach out via Instagram or on our websites and you're never alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This journey is quite an intense one. Um, it is it is our journey and it is our mission. I'm rereading Bringers of the Dawn right now. So I'm very much aligned with like this idea of, you know, we are here for a purpose, each and every single one of us. And the process of going through plant medicine or psychedelic experiences can be jarring and very confronting. And you can gain a lot of information all at once. That veil that I was talking about starts to lift. The illusions start to become illuminated as the darkness um, is exposed by the light. Light is information. That's what the that's what the bringers of the dawn and the Pleiadians say. Light is information. The more light and information that you have, the more that veil gets lifted and it's not easy. And having that support of a coach um, is just something that I personally found so valuable during that time of awakening and trying to integrate all of these big lessons. And, you know, you're in that space of you've gotten the message and you know you want to make some changes and it can just be, it can be hard and uncomfortable. So both of us are definitely here to support you through that. You can reach out to us through, you know, the Modern Psychedelics Instagram, our personal or any way that is easiest for you. And like Zoe said, if you've been listening this far along and you haven't left a review for us on Apple as well, we would love it if you do that. It takes a couple of minutes and it really helps our show grow. Um, We have some just, oh my gosh, like (laughs) amazing guests for you this season. So we're so excited to share. (sighs) Anything else that you want to share before we kind of log off here, Zoe? No, I guess just I love you guys and I'm so incredibly excited for you guys to listen to this next season because like Lana just said, the guests we have, oh my goodness, it is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's just the journey just keeps getting better and better with modern psychedelics. So, so excited. And we still have a few solo, like Zoe and I call our episodes like this with just her and I solo episodes. Not sure if that actually makes sense, but that's what we call them. We have about four more of those to record. And last season, we took suggestions from our audience of what what topics you want us to cover. And someone made the suggestion of how to navigate bad trips. And we actually recorded an episode about that. So if you guys have any cool suggestions or ideas, please feel free to DM us or leave a comment in one of our latest Instagram posts. And we'll definitely be checking those out. Yes, we would love that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting. We love you all so much. And tune in next week for our first interview. It's going to be amazing. I think you will all really love this first guest that we have. Oh, you already know her. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love you guys. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing space and growing with us on the Modern Psychedelics podcast today. 
come join our community on Instagram at Modern Psychedelics for more expansive content on a daily basis. And if this episode sparked something within, please let us know by leaving a review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify. This really helps to catalyze the psychedelic renaissance. The work begins when you come back down to earth and we're standing shoulder to shoulder with you doing it.